Welcome to Living Your Limitless Life. Your host is Carol DeShane, the founder of Connect to Joy. This program is designed to inspire and motivate you to find your best life. Join us on this journey of transformation. Now, here is Carol DeShane. Hello, beautiful spirits. Welcome to the show. I'm Carol DeShane, and my passion in life is to help you find your joy, to release what holds you back, and assist you to quantum leap your journey of self-discovery. I'm an intuitive, certified in life and business coaching, and a Marconic multidimensional energy practitioner and teacher. So if you're ready to start creating that life you've only dreamed of, that you deserve, let's have some fun. And let's get started right now. This week, we're going to throw your diet out the window. Doesn't that sound like a good thing to do? The definition of a diet is pretty much what you'd expect when you look it up. The Cambridge Dictionary defines diet as an eating plan in which someone eats less food or only a particular type of food because he or she wants to become thinner or for medical reasons. Well, duh. Okay. That was actually a pretty good definition because it's what you would think of. It doesn't say anything about the fact that we can be really hard on ourselves when we don't know how to lose the weight we want to, or we keep yo-yoing up and down as we keep trying different diets. And sometimes the doctor says, we have to lose weight just to be healthier. We can even be mean to ourselves if we're trying to stick to a diet and we just can't seem to do it. And of course, trying to start and keep an exercise program can be just as equally tough. And sometimes we can even give up if we slip up once. And of course, if we miss a day working out, or we have that little bit of chocolate, maybe a lot of chocolate. If we're on vacation, of course, that day or five or 10 that we end up off the diet really throws us. Last week, we talked about your mindset and being kinder to yourself. Because if you stay stuck in fears or limiting beliefs that either you can't lose weight, you don't deserve to be healthy, or maybe the weight is your protection from whatever fear you have, go back and listen to that show. But If you need the practical tips and the real world, let's get it done sort of ideas so you can be at your optimal weight for whatever weight you need to be at, not what somebody else tells you to be, just to feel better, then you're in the right place. And especially if you've been on that diet roller coaster ride in this lifetime, you know what I'm talking about. So before we go any further, let me introduce my guest, Courtney Podani. Courtney first became involved with the health and wellness industry in college as a kinesiology major. And since then, she has become a certified personal trainer, corrective exercise specialist, performance enhancement specialist, and most recently, a nutritional therapy practitioner. Now, I want to know how she fits all that onto one business card. Her main goal is to simplify nutrition and fitness for her clients. She understands it can be overwhelming to attempt this on your own, and I agree with that. And she provides tips that are easy to implement that can be effortlessly incorporated into their current lifestyle. Over the past year, she has embraced a virtual practice, but has enjoyed the shift so she can expand her support even further. And in her spare time, you can find Courtney playing with her seven-month-old daughter, Gianna, and hitting the hiking trails, enjoying the California sunshine when we're lucky enough to have it. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, Carol. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thanks for being here. I know you've said that one of your main goals is to help people break free from their dieting mindset. So can you explain a little bit about what you mean by that? Well, I don't believe in restriction at all. 
I don't think that we need to count calories or track macros. That just sounds like a stressful life, right? And a lot of work too. (laughs) Yes, exactly. A lot of work when you could be enjoying other things. So I like to introduce my clients to nutrient-dense foods. And what do I mean by that? Think about shopping the perimeter of the grocery store. So there you find your eggs, your meat, your produce, right? These are nutrient-dense foods. And when we eat nutrient-dense foods, we tend to fill up quicker than, say, if we were to sit down with a box of Cheez-Its. I like to say, eat like our ancestors. So they ate organic. They ate seasonal because that was their only choice. Our bodies are still the same as they were back then, right? We have evolved, but if we eat these foods, we are going to have the most benefit. I like to just think about eating real life foods. Another good way to do this is to shop at your farmer's market. They're only going to have vegetables that are in season because they can't grow something if it's not conducive to the climate, the temperature, what have you. Breaking free from the diet, I just like to incorporate nutrient-dense foods, so shopping the perimeter or shopping at your local farmer's market, and embracing the, the lifestyle our ancestors had to live. I don't think anyone should have to track calories or macros because that's just going to add more stress. I agree with that. I haven't actually counted calories because I really avoided it at all costs. I just go down the (laughs) scale all the time to see how I'm doing. Mm, (laughs) So if I give up dieting, does that mean I have to go to the gym on workout all the time? That's not my favorite thing to do, although I've done it in the past. No, absolutely not. So that's kind of like that punishment mindset. I enjoyed some pizza last night, so I need to work out harder the next day. No. And especially if the gym is not your favorite thing, I don't encourage it at all. There are so many other ways to move your body. And I think you need to do what you enjoy because then you'll actually want to do it again. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to put the gym session on my calendar because I don't like it. But there is a difference between movement and exercise. I do think that you should try to incorporate some weight-bearing exercises like twice a week, but that could even be something like yoga, or if you want to do just squats, planks at home, something like that, that's okay too. But the weight-bearing is good for our bone health, and it will help to prevent osteoporosis later in life. However, you can incorporate movement into your day without it being exercise, right? You can go for a walk. You can play with your kids or your grandkids. You can do chores around the house or even gardening outside. You're going to be moving your body throughout all of those activities. And all of that will add up. So small movements throughout the day, those will also turn into habits. You're leading an active lifestyle. When I have to say gardening can be both weight-bearing and exercise, <laughs> depending on what you're doing. If you're hauling around sacks of dirt or something <laughs> right? or, or yeah. mulch or whatever it is. I mm-hmm. know that sometimes I was exhausted and sweating like crazy and definitely just even deadheading roses could hours to do that and down on my knees and then up and then down mm-hmm. and then up. <laughs> right. A lot of movement, a lot of soreness the next day too, if you do certain things. Yeah, you know, that one kind of fits, I think, in both categories, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And you probably enjoyed it, too. Yeah. And then you could listen to music and whatever the plants would like. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you something, because I know that I've asked other guests this. 
what struggles have you gone through that might help the audience understand why you really got into nutrition and I guess exercise as well, or maybe not the word exercise, but health and wellness, let's put it that way. Yeah. So after college, I became a personal trainer and I was enjoying it. I loved helping people, but I almost felt like there was a missing link where I could be helping people a little bit more. And then in 2018, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which is actually referred to as juvenile diabetes. And I was 28 at the time. So it was a big shock to me. That was when I started looking more into the nutrition aspect as well, because I wanted to be able to serve my body in this new venture that we were going on. But it also seemed like the missing link for my personal training clients. I enrolled in the Nutritional Therapy Association program, which is very comprehensive. It's a nine-month program. And after that, it just kind of made everything click where I was able to service my clients on a more overall health and wellness approach rather than just the fitness aspect. And my clients started seeing huge results from that. Well, that must have really felt good to know that you had found the missing link and that you could see that when you can see results with your clients, and I do the same thing with it as a life coach. It's not as obvious in some ways because weight and fitness seems to be more obvious when you can see it in the mirror. But even when I have clients who are feeling better, who are not as depressed, it just feels so good to know that I found something to help them. And so right. I'm assuming that that's the sort of thing that you also have when you can see that difference in your clients. Right. And even, you know, just improved energy, waking up with energy in the morning, it gives people confidence. They're sleeping better through the night. So yes, they could have had a weight loss related goal initially, but now all these other things are falling into place for them as well. It's funny because I had mentioned this when we were emailing back and forth about possible environmental factors affecting somebody's health. And I think I wanted to bring that up because in a place that I used to work, there was a number of people that had all died from cancer over the number of years. And that was almost the only reason why people had died that had worked at this particular location. And I'm going, this can't be good. What's everybody connected to that's there if it is this particular building? And I thought, well, there's only water and air. So what can you do? How do you find that any kind of environment, what kind of environments are you finding that your clients need to do something about? Wow, that is terrifying. So good for you. <laughs> and yes, environmental factors can affect your health because there are things that you're in contact with every day that you might not even think about. But few of the factors that I, that I like to address with my clients are cookware, personal care products, and household cleaning products. If there are synthetic chemicals in something that you're using, it only takes 20 seconds for something that's on your skin to get into your bloodstream. And now it's circulating wow. through to all of your internal organs. So it helps to have someone who knows healthy substitutions that can help you in that area as well, because it's not just food and exercise that affects our bodies. And it's hard to know if you're on your own, even though you might even look at product labels, so many of them make zero sense when you look at it and you go, okay, I don't know any of these things. Does that mean they're all bad? 
or what am I looking for? And I know someone else who has just gone through cancer and she's clear, but she's still now has to be more careful and she dyes her hair and she says, Oh my God, I'm going to go white. I got to do something. But she said, she talked to her hairdresser and there are so many different chemicals that it's really hard to find one that is safe. I'm putting quotes around those air quotes because who knows what is safe. I'm thinking, well, maybe if you used dye that was from something natural, some kind of berry or something that stains your fingers, maybe it would stain your hair in the way you want, like the old henna did. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating. There's so many different things in your house that you might run across that's going to you know, harm you and not even be aware of it until you have someone talk to you about it. So that's a real gift that you're giving people. Right. And there is a website or an app, actually, it's ewg.org. It stands for Environmental Working Group, where you go and you can type in the product that you're looking for, personal care products, household cleaners, or even if you're using the app, you can scan the barcode. It will show you a rating on how clean or safe that product is to how possibly harmful it is. And what I really like is because I'm still learning labels as well. There are so many ingredients that I just, it's hard to tackle. What EWG does is it shows you the ingredients that are good, some that are moderately harmful, moderately safe, and then the harmful ones as well. It breaks down if this product is going to be good for you. But I also like, because then you can identify which ones are harmful and then look for that in the future. That's really great because I know some of the words are very similar and they're long, so it's hard to remember them. But if it tells you, then maybe you'll find a way to remember them. If you're, for example, just going back to the hair dye, I know that I was telling her when you find out which ones are good, let me know. Because I don't have much gray hair, but it certainly is nice to be able to not have any. I went ahead and I looked at mine and it's got no ingredients in it. It's supposed to be only ordered from beauticians and they have warning and how to use it. And I went, this isn't helpful. It says demi-permanent. So it's not a permanent color, mm-hmm. but so it washes out sooner, but it also doesn't give you those lines, those demarcations. So you look like a skunk with the lines and your roots, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which are really nice, but it's got no ingredients. And I went, so the barcode thing would really help. Thanks. Yeah. I already wrote that down. I I already have a pen out because I knew you would be giving me really good information. (laughs) So everybody, if you are looking for that, it was ewg.org. Correct. Is there anything else that you feel that people should clean up around their house or those the three most important things? Those are the three that I start with. Another good one is you, you can bring plants inside to provide more oxygen for you. I like snake plants because they're easy to keep alive and they produce a lot of oxygen. Do they do good in the dark? Because I need something good in the dark that doesn't attract bugs because my my bedroom needs more oxygen, but mm. unfortunately it has no light hardly mm. at that side. Right. Ours has done good so far and we actually have had it in the garage for a little bit, which doesn't get too much light. So it should. Another one I like to suggest, which doesn't really fall into the categories I brought up before, are switching from dryer sheets to wool dryer balls. So if you think about it, you wash everything that comes in contact with your skin. So your clothes, towels, sheets, you're constantly touching these articles. The dryer sheets have artificial chemicals in it, artificial fragrances. 
the wool dryer balls are safer and you can find ones that are scented with natural essential oils. Or if you find some that aren't scented, you can just add your own essential oils, lavender, what have you. And they last about a thousand dries. So mm. it's going to take you a couple of years to go through <laughs> it. So you actually end up saving money as well. I have the ones that are like plastic. Are those like super bad? Cause they never die either, but they're there. I have a lot of them in there. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I generally tend to stay away from plastic uh, just because of BPA. Yeah. I don't know if they're acrylic or what they're made Mm. from. I have no idea because I got them so long ago and they've been in there forever, (laughs) but I got rid of the dryer sheets. So now I have those. So, but I can definitely switch to this other thing because that sounds much better as well. They can just be found on Amazon. They are wool dryer balls. You'll find them. Cool. (laughs) Now let's switch gears here and talk about food rather than since that's kind of where we were started with dieting. So how do you recommend that people put together a meal? Is there like some secret that we should know about? Because it seems like I really enjoy it when I'm home and I have time and I can pull, but a lot of times I pull from my Trader Joe's freezer group and it it says like stuff in there is pretty good. So what do you recommend for if you're doing it from scratch or not, or whatever you want to tell people? There is a secret. Oh, good. (laughs) Everybody listen closely. (laughs) With each meal and even snacks, you want to incorporate proteins, carbs, and fat. So those are our three macronutrients, but they work best when paired together. When you just eat carbs, so say you wanted to have a bagel in the morning or a muffin, that's going to be pretty carb heavy without any protein or fat, really. So when we eat, unless you put butter on there, (laughs) yes, you could, which would actually make it better. Good to know. (laughs) So when you eat carbs by themselves, our blood sugar spikes. However, if we pair that carb with protein and fat, our blood sugar will stay in a more controlled, stable range. The blood sugar spikes and drops. That is going to be when you feel most irritable, when you get tired, like that 2 p.m. crash feeling. You could also have more cravings because when your blood sugar goes up, what must go up? has to come down. And that's when you get down into this low. And you at that point, you usually tend to want to grab just for something quick, because you need energy, you just need something to sustain you a little bit longer. And a lot of times snacks are carb heavy too. Even for snacks, if you can try to incorporate protein, fats and carbs. Examples of that could be toast with eggs and avocado. Greek yogurt with a handful of nuts and blueberries. That sounds actually good. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So protein sources are going to be the animal products. So eggs, beef, chicken, poultry, seafood, but also beans, chickpeas, quinoa, fats. We want to do healthy fats. That'll be avocado, nuts and seeds, olive oil, butter, ghee, Ugh, I hate that stuff. <laughs> I went on a diet, a kind of cleansing oh. diet, then a ghee, and it was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Mm-hmm. You had to drink yeah. it straight. I was like, oh my God. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Warm it up and drink it straight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know about that. Oh, wow. See, diets are terrible. <laughs> the question for me is that I went vegan about two years ago. I am not vegan anymore, but I eat vegan at home a lot. And when I'm out, 
I have fish when I, cause I can't cook fish. So well, <laughs> so I eat that when I'm out, I, I wouldn't give up sushi. What do you do if you're a vegetarian and believe it or not, people, if you don't like tofu, you haven't cooked it right. Cause all you have to do <laughs> is get some sort of marinade to marinate it with. And it, it really tastes pretty delicious. As long as you have the right consistency for you. There is things like meatless meatballs that you look at and you're going, actually, this looks like it's got pretty good stuff in it. Do you recommend, I mean, is it okay to be a vegetarian in your world when you're looking at things and telling people, because you're saying protein and I don't do any of the animal stuff except for I do eggs and now fish occasionally. I don't want to hurt animals. So I kind of, part of my heart is in that vicinity, but my brain's going, whatever's right for my body. And I don't think any one answer is right for any one body personally. And you can speak on that in a minute, but I wanted to know if the vegetarian is actually injuring our hunter gatherer bodies and what you've learned. You're dead on. The main concern with vegetarians is their protein intake, just because a lot of protein can be animal products. If it feels right to you and you are able to get enough protein, then yes, it's okay. I'm not going to tell you no. But when you are eating meat, quality is a huge factor. So you want to look for grass-fed beef, pasture-raised poultry, and wild-caught seafood. If you had been eating meat prior and were having an issue with it, I would just think about what the quality was. When we do grass-fed, pasture-raised, and wild-caught, you are ensuring that the animal was raised in an environment that was not stressful to them. The chickens were able to see the light of day. They weren't in a cramped pen, things of that nature. Because when animals do have to go through that, unfortunately, that puts stress on their body. And then we're ingesting that stress as well, which is kind of weird to think about. but. Well, I'm an energy girl, so I get that. Right, right. So we just, we want to make sure that they were able to roam and enjoy their lives before we are eating them. So I would try that out. I have a question though, because the, my favorite kind of meat you didn't mention, and that's pork. And I haven't had that for even longer because I read the fact, I don't know if the fact, but I read somewhere that because they don't digest foods the same way, the food stays in their meat that we would eat. And it doesn't get digested and cleared of toxins the same way that all the other animals have. So therefore, when you eat them, if they have any toxins at all in their body, you eat it. And they usually get fed all the scraps and all the junk and all the bad stuff that's maybe gone bad in a lot of farmers, even farmers that are just keeping pigs regular, they give them the scraps that aren't good anymore because they'll eat it. Maybe that's why mm -hmm. we call ourselves pigs when we eat anything there is. <laughs> so do you have anything about pork? Because I really want to go back to that. I have to say. So I miss ham so bad. <laughs> and I can you know you can do turkey ham, but it's not the same thing. Right. So everything you just said is true about yeah. pork, unfortunately. <laughs> but like I said, I don't believe in restriction of any kind. If you have been thinking about pork and the only way to satisfy that is by having some pork, have it because you're going to enjoy it. However, maybe just don't have it every meal, right? Everything in moderation, which I hate to say that because it's so cliche, but it really is true. I would say that about a lot of things. If you're thinking about it, go ahead and have it. Well, the things I think I miss the most besides ham or like barbecued pork fried rice, 
which I don't ever have anymore. I have vegetable <laughs> fried rice, which is okay. Mm-hmm. The, and the other things are the Chinese pot stickers have pork mm. in them. I don't even mm-hmm. want to know. I just order them now. <laughs> don't even tell me what's in it. I don't want to know. I'm just going to have it. If you have vegetarian ones, I'll eat those. If not, I just yeah. want one because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're like, wow, oh, I love those things. There's a few things that there might be a little bit of bacon or something. And normally I don't mm-hmm. have it at all. But if it happens to be in there and there's not a lot, I'll go, this might be bacon. No, oh, darn. <laughs> and then I'll eat it <laughs> or push right. some aside. But I'll, if I get one, it's like I'm not going to spit it out or anything. I, I thought maybe I had misunderstood the information, but yeah, you've had a lot more knowledge that you've worked on than I have. So that, all right. I was, so I was right. Or they were right. Unfortunately. <laughs> was there anything else you were going to tell us about putting together a meal since I've sidetracked you? <laughs> <laughs> If you put together a meal with carbs, protein, and fat, a good indicator that it was a good meal for your body is that you should stay full for about four to five hours afterwards, right? Because like I said, we are keeping your blood sugar stable. You're not going to have that big rise and then falls. If you get hungry, maybe an hour or two after your meal, I would add in some protein or fat next time and then see if that sustains you for a little longer. And of course, if you get hungry, please have a snack, listen to your body. But if you're incorporating these things well, you really should only have to eat about every four to five hours, which is kind of how our three meals a day lines up anyway. Okay. I'm going to throw something kind of wild at you. My doctor had told me something. If I wanted to lose weight, I had to do something specific. This is not a nutritionist. This is a regular doctor. And she told me not to eat breakfast, but make sure whenever I ate breakfast or broke my fast, that it was something that was healthy so that it wouldn't be like sugar or just carbs, something healthier so that it would set my body in motion for the correct way for the day to eat my main meal at lunch. If I could, because working during the day is a little harder because I don't do microwaves and then at night, don't eat past five o'clock. Well, I was always driving at five o'clock and it was like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Eat while I'm driving? The other drivers are not going to appreciate that. So I made it so I didn't eat past six because I got home in enough time to eat at that point. But then it was just like little bits. It was like a snack. I eat a little bit more than that now, which is why I probably put five pounds back on. But I lost 20 pounds almost right away. Hmm. And that was the entire amount that I figured my body without doing any real exercise would... Uh, <laughs> would allow me to lose. And I've gained five of it back, maybe a little bit more than that, but I'm still at least 10 down. I have kept that, but I'm curious what you think with someone who's trained specifically more in that vein than a regular doctor would be, because they don't really look at nutrition and diet and exercise. They know the overview rather than the minutia, because they have so many other things they have to work with. How do you feel about that sort of thing versus every four to five hours? So it's my understanding that During your eating period, you are still supposed to eat the same amount of calories as you would if you were eating three meals a day whenever you felt like it. However, since there is that smaller window, people tend to not be able to get all the calories in that they need. So they're they're going to have trouble with calories (laughs) somehow. So there might be weight loss. However, I am a true, true believer in listening to your body. So if you wake up and you're hungry, I think you should absolutely eat and it shouldn't matter what time it is. I just haven't seen great long-term results from that. 
one of the things that I, and I think most people are concerned about is the fact you have to give up the foods that you love in order to diet. And I know you said at the beginning, you didn't have to, but how does it work then if you don't have to give up the chocolate or the sugar in general, maybe you have to, you know, use moderation, as you said, occasional glass of wine or whatever it may be, or if you want to go on vacation, how do you do those sorts of things if you want to continue not necessarily to lose weight, but to stay at whatever optimal weight you want to be at? Because maybe you got there and then you go off for five days on a cruise or something and they have all those food there. What do you do? I mean, without obviously you just say, okay, I'm going on vacation. I'm not going to worry about it or and I'll deal with it when I get home, or, which is what most people do. Or do you do something? How do you give up those kinds of foods? And then what do you do on vacation? Sorry, that was like two questions. So feel free to take one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So let me address the sugar real quick or dessert treats, what have you. Like I was saying, if you're really just craving some ice cream, go ahead and have the ice cream, but don't have it every single night. I also think that once you do satisfy that craving, that it won't come back as quickly. But if you are truly eating the protein, fats, and carbs together, and you're not getting hungry right afterwards, some of those cravings might go away. Hydration also helps with cravings. So if you are staying hydrated, you're drinking lots of water, you might see some cravings go away. I say, have it if you want it. Don't have it every day, but enjoy it when you do. However, I do like to tell people that, unfortunately, the man-made sugar will exacerbate whatever symptoms you currently have. So that could range from migraines to joint pain to hot flashes, allergies, anything like that. If you have the refined sugar, it's going to exacerbate that. So I just like to let people know that. So maybe- It's so funny. Sorry, I had to tell you. That's what I found out when I had, I used to have hot flashes. I was in the middle of eating the sugar and I get a hot flash. I was like, (laughs) dang it, there it is again. And it wasn't so much chocolate, it was other stuff. Unless the chocolate was a refined cookie or something. Mm -hmm. So what kind of sugar is not refined? Are you thinking xylitol? Because I know that somebody told me about the sugar Mm -hmm. alcohol. And they said that was one of the worst things in the cancer invoking sorts of things. So what, what should we look for on there? Just cane sugar? I mean, that's kind of refined as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are so many names for sugar on a label. It is crazy. A good rule of thumb is if one of the ingredients ends in OSE, so fructose, dextrose, maltose, that's sugar for sure. Also, if it begins in ISO, so ISO, it could say isoglucose, that's going to be sugar. Also things that end in syrup, so corn syrup, high fructose syrup, fruit juice concentrate, that's all sugar and they can all get away with naming it this. What I suggest is if you're a baker, if you like to make your own treats, you could substitute sugar for honey or agave, even applesauce. That's still sugar, but it's coming from a natural source. And it's not the man-made sugar. Well, the applesauce, unless it's an organic or something, there's going to be sugar in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just not (laughs) artificial. (laughs) So when we go on vacation, we definitely like to indulge. And that's okay. I would just hope that maybe my voice would be in the back of your mind (laughs) thinking, okay, when I go to the buffet, let's make sure I get some carbs, some proteins, and some fats. 
So you can still enjoy the carbs that you like, whether that's a dessert or bread, bagel, what have you. But say you're getting a bagel, so that's going to be your carbs. Put some cream cheese or butter on it and add some eggs or bacon, right? That doesn't sound so terrible. And then you're not going to have that blood sugar spike later where you're like, I just need something. I'm hangry. Give me whatever, right? You'll make better decisions down the road. And same thing with dessert. If you had a balanced meal right before, the sugar might not affect you as much. Before we go today, I want to find out if there are any easy tips that you can give listeners. Mm -hmm. You've already given quite a few, but if there are any that you want to give out for the just their health in general or eating or exercise or whatever it is that you would like to leave them with some go-to thoughts? <laughs> Absolutely. So there are a few good ones that I'm going to share that shouldn't cost you any time or money to get started with. I have found that every single person I've ever worked with is dehydrated. I don't know if I just attract these people or what it is. So drink lots of water. If you think you're drinking enough, drink even more. Most people are dehydrated. It's very common. The recommendation is to drink half your body weight in ounces. Say you weigh 160, you should be getting a minimum. And that's a minimum, not a maximum. So a minimum of 80 ounces per day. However, if you drink any diuretics, so that could be coffee, tea, fruit juice, soda, alcohol, you then need to replenish with a little bit more water to make up for losing liquids. Drink lots of water, drink even more if you're having diuretics, make it like your part-time job drinking water. <laughs> well, and then make sure there's a bathroom nearby. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the first couple of weeks, right, you're still regulating. You might be running to the bathroom, but it'll all even out. Oh, does it? Oh, that's good to know. I don't think I've ever made it past the first couple of weeks when I was trying to do more. <laughs> if you don't like the taste of water, add some lemon or lime. They have water already in them. So that helps with the hydration as well. But I come across a lot of people that don't like the taste. So, you know, spruce it up a little bit and that's that'll help. Well, it also helps if you distill your water or do something different to it than just take it out of the tap or even water that you buy because that's in plastic bottles most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also suggest getting a really good reusable water bottle because then you don't have to deal with the plastic, but you can also bring it with you wherever, you know, say you're like, oh, I'm just going to drive home from work. It should take 15 minutes and then you encounter traffic and then an hour and a half later, you haven't had any water. But if you have that reusable water bottle with you, that'll yeah. help. Well, and I have a glass one, because, mm -hmm. but they're a little heavy to carry around if you're mm. going anywhere, <laughs> but it's so much better when, if you have to leave it in your car for a while, because I yeah. don't refill it until, until it gets low. And then it's like, wait a minute, I probably should have taken this out and washed this out a couple of times right now. <laughs> but it's like, I don't think about it because it just lives in the car, mm -hmm. but it's not plastic. So I don't feel so bad where plastic can cook and freeze and be bad. Right. So. <laughs> so any other tips you'd like to give them? Yes. So also slow down when you eat. So we have two ways our body operates. There is the sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight. During this, our body thinks that we need to be ready to outrun a predator. It thinks we are in some emergency situation and it doesn't take much to activate it. Even just running late for work or working on a project with a deadline can get us in that stressed 
fight or flight state. And when we're there, our body does not digest food. It might move our food along our digestive system, but it's not breaking down the food and then it's not utilizing the nutrients that we're eating. If you slow down and try to kick into our parasympathetic nervous system, which is actually known as rest and digest, we will be able to utilize the nutrients that we are, that our bodies should be utilizing. Don't eat on the go. Try to really take time for your meals and enjoy them. And a lot of people I know have trouble with this. So before you sit down for a meal, you could just take five really good deep belly breaths. Or if you say a prayer or a blessing, that'll help as well. And just enjoy the food. Don't rush through it. I find that I enjoy it even more when I'm reading because I don't rush. I'm reading and I'm enjoying the book. And I never, ever have done that before. I, it's usually TV or just rushing, mm. standing up or whatever. And I've taken the time, even just the snack after work, when I'm eating just the snack, I sit down, mm. I get the book out. It becomes a little production. It's like, okay, <laughs> <sighs> de-stress. Mm-hmm. Take the few breaths before and, and start doing that. You know, enjoy your food. Yeah. It's a novel concept, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, I just... Hope that you will listen to your body, right? Even if you are following a diet and it seems to be working for you, you like it, just listen to your body. If you are hungry, but you're worried, oh, I only have 50 more calories for the day, that is stress on your body. Just eat, eat something. There's always tomorrow, you get a fresh start. Just listen to your body. And do the carbs, protein, and and what was the third thing? (laughs) Carbs, protein, and fat. Fat Fat. is not the enemy, I promise. (laughs) Well, the right kind of fat. Yes. Right go go margarine, go butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The real, the real food fats. <laughs> well, and it's funny because there are so many different things that we know that are old. We hear them all the time. Things like if you want to lose weight, take the stairs if you can do a little bit more movement, find yeah. things you love to do. Yes. And it's interesting because even when I love to do them, I don't always do them. <laughs> So it's like I get to bed and I go, oh, wait, I didn't move today. I didn't exercise. Mm-hmm. Darn. I need to put that in my calendar almost just so <laughs> that I remember. And then I can do whatever I want. But hey, this 20 minutes is half an hour or longer, depending if I get carried away and have a good time is for that. <laughs> and some people I find do so much better if they do classes, like they take a class, mm-hmm. like a Zumba mm-hmm. class, or they are forced to exercise because they promise somebody else, like a buddy that they'll mm-hmm. go like walking or something. My sister used to do walking in the morning with her group. Mm-hmm. If she, once the group stopped going out, she never went walking again mm. because you feel bad if you don't do it because it's the group and group pressure is not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I term it accountability. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I find that the only time that I would go to a gym in quotes, a, a real gym is if I had paid somebody And then they would be there waiting for Mm me. It wasn't a bad thing to do that because I knew that was me. And if I didn't do that, I wasn't going to do anything. And it got me stronger because I did a lot of weights. Mm -hmm. If that's you, I know you, you're me. Make sure out there, listener land, that you do whatever you need to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as listening to your body. Know yourself and know Mm -hmm. what you will do on your own and what you won't. And then find a way to make it more fun but step it up for yourself because you're worth it and you deserve to have whatever body you want. If you're happy with being like incredibly overweight, it's not that you shouldn't love your body, but it also means that you want to be healthy. 
So whatever that means to you is really important. And that's kind of why I think you probably can put words in your mouth, why you got into this in the first place is to help other people to be what they wanted to be, whatever that meant for them. 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you for joining me here today. Uh, you've been great. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you so much, Carol. If you'd like to connect with either myself or Courtney, check out the show notes for more information. You'll find their information on for me on life coaching and Marconics multidimensional energy, either to receive the energy or to be a practitioner because I'm also a teacher. And you can look at my website, which is in the show notes to reach out to me or to find out more information. Courtney also has her website there, which is trainwithcourtney.com. And she offers free 30-minute Zoom consultations that can be scheduled on her website. And she's also launching an eight-week course on breaking free from diets. And I was wondering if you wanted to say a little bit about that before we go. Sure. Thank you so much. In May, I am launching a eight-week course, basically way more detailed than what we talked about today, breaking out of that mindset of dieting, introducing real foods, and even identifying the exact foods that are going to work for your body. On my website as well, there is a space where you can sign up for the wait list just to receive more information. Great. I'm actually thinking of doing that myself. (laughs) It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for being here again. Until next week, be courageous and reach higher. And remember that transformation is a journey, not an end destination, whether it's with your emotional self, your intelligence, your physical body, or your spiritual growth. So be kind to yourself. If you go off your diet and you aren't the perfect weight you want to be, or your health isn't the best, just be kind, take it a step at a time and get the help you need and get out there and really live your joy and find your best life. Until next week. Thank you so much for joining me here today. If you love the show, make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Connect with me on Facebook or by email with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to be a guest, give me a shout out and I'll send you an application. Until next week, remember, you are already enough to have that joyful, limitless life that you desire. You are tuned in to Living Your Limitless Life. Do you want to know more? Visit host Carol DeShane's website at connect the number two joy.com. Today's gonna be gonna be a good good day.